0: Behind the Green Door by Mildred A. Wirt Benson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Cheryl Adam, 2015. Chapter 14 A Broken Rod you must have mistaken me for some other person penny stammered backing a step away from the hotel man who do you think i am the question was a mistake for it only served to intensify harvey maxwell's anger you're the daughter of anthony parker who runs the yellowest paper in riverview i know why he sent you here now get out and don't let me catch you in this hotel ever again Observing the green card in Penny's hand, he reached out and jerked it from her. I wasn't doing any harm, she said, trying to act injured. My father didn't send me to Pine Top. I came for the skiing. Secretly, Penny was angry at Maxwell's reference to the Riverview Star as being a yellow sheet, which in newspaper jargon meant that it was a sensation-seeking newspaper. And what are you doing in this part of the hotel? wanted to see the green room,' Penny replied. "'I thought I would have my breakfast here.' "'Harvey Maxwell and the doorman exchanged a quick glance, which was not lost upon the girl. "'Where did you get your ticket?' the hotel man demanded, but in a less harsh voice. "'I picked it up outside the hotel.' "'Penny spoke truthfully, and her words carried conviction.' Harvey Maxwell seemed satisfied that she had not been investigating the wing for any special purpose. However, he took her by an elbow and steered her down the corridor to the elevator. If you're a smart little girl, and I think you are, a hint will be sufficient, he said. I don't want any member of the Parker family on my premises, so stay away. Get me? Yes, sir, Penny responded meekly. Inwardly, she was raging. Someone deliberately had betrayed her to Harvey Maxwell, and she had a very good idea who that person might be. From now on, employees of the hotel would be told to keep watch for her. Never again would she be allowed in the lobby, much less in the vicinity of the green room. Harvey Maxwell walked with Penny to the front door of the hotel and closed it behind her. Remember, he warned, stay away. As Penny started down the walk, she heard a silvery laugh and, glancing sideways, saw Francine leaning against the building. "'You didn't spend much time in the green room, did you?' she inquired. "'That was a dirty trick to play,' retorted Penny. "'I wouldn't have done it to you.' "'You couldn't have thought that fast, my dear Penny.' "'I might tell Mr. Maxwell you're a reporter for the Riverview Record. "'How would you like that?' Francine shrugged. In that case, we both lose the story. All I want is an exclusive. After the yarn breaks in the record, your father will be welcome to make use of any information published. So, if you really want him to win his libel suit, you'll gain by not interfering with me. You reason in a very strange way, replied Penny coldly. Picking up her skis, she shouldered them and marched stiffly away. She was angry at Francine and angry at herself for having given her rival reporter an opportunity to score against her. Probably she would never tell Harvey Maxwell or Ralph Fergus who the girl actually was, sorely as she might be tempted. As Francine had pointed out, her own chance of gleaning any worthwhile information had been lost. It's a bitter pill to choke down, thought Penny, but I would rather have the record get the story than to lose it altogether. Sunk in deep depression, she tramped back to the Downey Lodge. The mail had arrived during her absence, but there was no letter from home. Dad might at least send me a postcard, she grumbled. For two cents, I would take the next plane back to Riverview. However, Penny could not remain downhearted for any great length of time. Why worry about Francine and the silly old green room? She would forget all about it and try to have fun for a change. It was not difficult to dismiss the matter from her mind, for the following morning Sarah Jasko came to give her a lesson in bobsled driving. With a crowd of interested guests watching from the sidelines, they made their first exciting ride over the track. Sarah steered, Jake operated the brake, and Penny rode as sole passenger. Horseshoe curve was the most thrilling point on the course. As the sled tore around it at a tremendous rate of speed, Jake dug in the iron claw of the brake, sending up a plume of snow. They slackened speed perceptibly, but even so, the sled climbed high on the sloping wall, and Penny thought for an anxious moment that they were going over the top. The remainder of the run was mild by comparison. Upon later trips, Penny was allowed to manage the brake, and soon became dexterous in applying it as Sarah shouted the command. Skiers abandoned the slopes to watch the new sport. Two at a time, Penny and Sarah gave them all rides, and all of their passengers were enthusiastic. By the following day, the word had spread down the mountain that Mrs. Downey's bobsled run was operating. Guests from the Fergus Hotel joined the throng, but they were given rides only when there were no passengers waiting. It's going over like a house afire, Penny declared gaily to Mrs. Downey. I shouldn't be surprised if you take some of the Fergus Hotel's customers away from them, if this enthusiasm lasts. You and Sarah are showing folks a wonderful time. And we're having one ourselves. It's even more fun than skiing. But more dangerous, declared Mrs. Downey i hope we have no accidents sarah's a skillful driver yes she is agreed mrs downey there's no cause for worry so long as the track isn't icy two days passed during which penny did not even go near the fergus hotel or to the village as she remarked to mrs downey all of pine top came to the lodge during the morning hours when the bobsled run was in operation a long line of passengers stood waiting Guests from the Fergus Hotel had few chances for rides. Several of them, wishing to be on the favored list, checked out and came to take lodgings at Mrs. Downey's place. "'I can't understand it,' the woman declared to Penny. "'Last year the run wasn't very popular. "'I think it may have been because we had a little accident at the beginning of the season. "'Nothing serious, but it served to frighten folks.' i wonder how the fergus maxwell interests are enjoying it chuckled penny not very well you may be sure this flurry in our business will rather worry them they may not put me out of business as quickly as they expected to at least you'll end your season in a blaze of glory laughed penny the weather had turned warmer late thursday afternoon the snow melted a bit and the lowering night temperatures caused a film of ice to form over the entire length of the bobsled run. Jake shook his head as he talked over the situation with Penny the next morning. Well, a track will be fast and slippery this morning. A lot of folks will be disappointed if we don't make any trips, declared Penny. Here comes Sarah. Let's see what she has to say. Sarah studied the run and walked down as far as Horseshoe Curve. It's fast, all right. "'She conceded. "'But that will only make it the more exciting. "'Brakes in good order, Jake.' "'I tested every sled last night when they were brought into the shop.' "'Then we'll have no trouble,' said Sarah confidently. "'Round up the passengers, Jake, and we'll start at once.' "'The sled was hauled to the starting position. "'Sarah took her place behind the wheel, "'with Penny riding the end position to handle the brake. "'Their first passengers were to be a middle-aged married couple.' Sarah gave them padded helmets to wear. "'What are these for?' the woman asked nervously. "'The toboggan slide isn't dangerous, is it?' "'No, certainly not,' answered Sarah. "'We haven't had a spill this year. Hang on tight on the curves. "'Give me plenty of break when I call for it, Penny.' She signaled for the push-off. They started fast and gathered speed on the straightaway. Penny wondered how Sarah could steer for her own eyes blurred as they shot down the icy trough. They never had traveled at such high speed before. Brakes! shouted Sarah. Penny obeyed the order and felt the sled slow down as the brake claw dug into the snow and ice. They raced on toward the first wide curve and swung around it, high on the banked wall, too close to the outside edge for comfort. Brakes! cried Sarah again. Once more the iron claw dug in, sending up a spray of snow behind the racing sled, and then there came a strange pinging sound. For the briefest instant, Penny did not comprehend its significance. Then, as the sled leaped ahead faster than ever and the geyser of snow vanished, she realized what had happened. The brakes were useless. A rod had snapped. They were roaring down the track with undiminished speed, and Horseshoe Curve, the most dangerous point on the run, lay directly ahead. End of chapter 14